It's all part of just the learning curve, the learning experience, and stepping into the best version of yourself. Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Have you guys been drinking enough agua lately? (laughs) Enough water? I just slammed some water, and now that it's summertime in a lot of places, water is so important because... If you're dehydrated, then your blood sugars are probably going to go up and that's not going to be good because dehydration can increase blood sugars and it's pretty warm where I am. We're having like a little, a mini summer in Costa Rica. And so I just realized I needed to drink some water because it, it literally gets so hot in here. So reminder, this is your reminder right now. If you need to drink some water, if you've forgotten, it's so easy to do, drink some water. It's good for you. <laughs> so um, in other news, I am feeling a lot better today, but I recently got a really bad overuse injury. It's the second one in the last year that I've, yeah, pretty much, because I got one in September, I and it was so dumb how it happened. I think I've talked about it before earlier on the podcast, like when it first happened, but the first one I had, I was bending down to deadlift, hadn't even, I didn't even lift the bar or anything. I was just getting into position, and I tweaked something in my back. That was really bad. I couldn't even get out of bed, and then this time, again, so dumb, I think, Well, here's what I think. Well, first, what happened was it was my hip. Um, I think it was like my, I don't even know what muscle, but um, I think it was like my SI joint actually. But anyways, it was my hip and I was doing band. I was using the exercise bands and I was doing like side adductor exercises and it was totally fine. I had a super great workout. And then the next day, again, could barely get out of bed. I was using crutches, you guys, so it was not good. But I think what had happened this time was back in April, I think, I started increasing my step count and I've just been doing so much um, more. Like I didn't, I increased slowly, but not slow enough because if you're anything like me, I tend to go hard <laughs> right off the bat and I, it feels good, right? But then it catches up to you and I can't blame it on being 30 because my previous overuse injury was before I even turned 30. So it's not that. And the other, this could be a whole new, like a different podcast episode altogether, but diabetes, um, type one diabetes, it increases your chance of overuse injuries. And so it's just something to be aware of and to be careful of. Anyways, today there's a few questions that we are going to dive into. So this is from IG. And the very first question that we have today is cost of living in Costa Rica VS versus 
the United States. Do you, and I guess this is two questions. Do you have easy access to T1D supplies? So type one diabetes supplies. All right. This is a really good question because I have been here for five months. So cost of living here, I would say, I think it, well, it totally depends where you live in the States, right? Because some places are a lot cheaper than others in Santa Monica, where I live in California, it's definitely a lot cheaper here. Rent wise, because you can get a really, and I mean, prices are whatever. I think it just depends what you're looking at, what your needs are, but you can get a pretty dope studio here or even a two bedroom. Actually, there was a two bedroom that was for rent. My mom's friend, two bedrooms had a pool and that was like 450 a month or 500 for the two bedroom. So come on, that's pretty cheap. My apartment in California is way more than that. And it's uh, a one bedroom with no pool. So I would say in that sense, it is when it comes to certain things that you want, I think it probably depends where you live, but on the Nicoya Peninsula where my mom lives, it is a bit of a bit harder to get things here. Like they have to ship them across the water usually. I think that's the fastest way. And so prices for stuff like food even is a little bit pricier than if you were to live in the city. So food prices are probably comparable to the United States. But then you have these people that grow organic vegetables, like huge gardens. You can get so much organic veggies and cheeses and just like so much good food for seriously probably less than half the price of organic veggies in the United States. So it just depends like what you like, what what your needs are, but I would say probably Costa Rica is a little bit cheaper in terms of like the things that I like, <laughs> but um, yeah, and it depends where you live too, but I do think it's a little bit cheaper here. Anyways, and do you have ac easy access to T1D supplies? So and this could even be helpful if you're planning on vacationing here because I would recommend it. It's great surfing. It's a great place to be. But access is super easy. Um, literally, because a lot of stuff, again, I'm on the Nicoya Peninsula, so a lot of stuff is shipped from San Jose, which is the nearest like large metropolitan city. And a vial, I mean, a vial of insulin, we'll say Lantis, I got the 10 mil vial. I think it came out to be like 80 or $90 US. And then a small pen vial, the three mil size is about 30, 35. I think it's like 30, maybe $34. And then um, I know you can get Humalog here and you can get, you can't get Tracy, but here you can get Tujeo. So there's certain things I know you, I don't think you can get Fios Pierre. So there's certain brands that you can get that are like super easy and you don't even need a prescription. So easy access. Hello. <laughs> so easy. You can go into the pharmacy. I've been getting all my needles cause I'm back using injections. Everything is super easy accessible. And I think I'm paying a little bit more here than I would be in the States because here I don't have insurance in the States I do. So it depends like how good your insurance is cost wise, but 
it is definitely cheaper without insurance here than it would be in the States without insurance to get insulin and stuff like that. So you, and you can get testing strips. Like I've literally, cause I've been here for so long and I wasn't planning on being here for this long originally. So I have been able to source basically everything cause I had to stock up on everything. And the only thing, and I, I know this is the case for other countries too, like in the Middle East in certain places, it sucks, but you can't get like Dexcom and CGMs and stuff like that. They're not accessible here, which I hope that they will be soon. And so it just, it makes me think too, because the U.S. is so much more advanced, even than Canada, right? Because certain things come out first in the States, but I I would love to have like why isn't there reps here to bring the like Dexcom and stuff? Because if people here had access to all of this stuff and they knew how great it was and how much it like, it's something that can help everyone who has diabetes. So I definitely think it would be beneficial. So why it's not here, I don't know. Hopefully one day soon, that would be amazing. But if you ever need something shipped from the States, because I've been doing this too, I there's this great service that you can get stuff way better than DHL. Don't even get me started with DHL, but it's really easy to get stuff shipped if you need to. And I actually did a, it was a special episode that I talked about how to get stuff shipped here easily and basically just what my biggest challenge has been since being in Costa Rica. And I posted that inside of the inspiration library. So if you go, I'll link to it in the show notes, but if you go to tajacato.com forward slash inspiration, the inspiration library is free. There's a bunch of stuff in there. That episode is in there. If you're like, Hmm, I'm going on vacation to Costa Rica or I'm going to move there, whatever, then you can find that episode. It could be helpful to you, but it is actually really easy to get diabetes supplies here and you don't need a prescription for any of them. So kind of awesome. It's I think it's easier than getting supplies in the States. You just don't have all of the stuff that you might need, like certain insulins and stuff aren't available. Anyways, that is my experience. So I hope that helps. And second question is stress 13. What was your last A1C? It's funny because... This has been a question that's been actually coming up a lot lately. And I, so, okay, so my last A1C was 5.9, and that was in November 2019. And obviously, since I've been here, <laughs> I haven't gone to get my A1C done, right? So, as soon as I get back to the States, I will do that. But yeah, that was my last A1C. And then prior to that, it was a 5.4. So it went up a little bit. I think, honestly, this is what I think happened. And I, I know that 5.9 is not bad at all, but um, I was eating in a calorie deficit for a long time. And so I was losing weight. And this it doesn't mean that everyone's goal is to lose weight or should lose weight to have good blood sugars. But the lower your overall body fat percentage is and the leaner you are, the more muscle you have, the more insulin sensitive you're going to be. And so I think this was a large reason why my A1C was so good because I was just really lean. And then I started eating in a calorie surplus to put on a little bit of body fat so that I could really focus on building muscle. And that just that transition in getting used to my doses again, while I was eat, consuming more food, it takes a bit for your body to get used to what you're doing. And so 
it took a little bit to dial in my doses and I think that's why my A1C went up slightly. So that's just, um, that's just what I think. We'll see what it is when I get back and when I get tested. So I am interested in knowing because I've been using the pump for a while and now I've been on injection since my pump broke here. So we will see. Very interesting. I hope it's not horrible. <laughs> um, and then from Maddie Diapolo, I'm totally saying that wrong. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, how important are diabetes? Yes, this is a really good question. And I was thinking about this the other day because when I was growing up, I didn't, like no one had type 1 diabetes at the school that I went to, no one in my close circle of friends. And then back then in Canada, when you went to see the endo, it was like the pediatrician endocrinology office. So you had all of the kids kind of in the waiting room together, waiting for their appointments. And I think they kind of planned it like this, which is super smart because you have all the kids and the parents together. And I actually met some really cool girls there, two girls who I, I'm still in contact with one of them, but the other one, we were we don't talk anymore, but the one, the girl that I don't talk to anymore, we, we became super good friends when we were younger. And I think it's, it's kind of like I would compare it to, there's two different kinds of people where some people are like, oh, I don't need a lot of friends. I don't, I don't need friends. I'm good. And then other people really need that friendship. And I'm open to, another perspective to this, but where I stand right now, I do really strongly feel that everyone benefits on having relationships. I think as a human, that is something that is important to have and to cultivate is relationships. And I don't mean relationships just in like an intimate partner, but also your friends, family, whatever that means, just to have someone to communicate with. I think it's a really huge part of our growth and just having that connection, I think is really, really important. And so when it comes, and so that's why I kind of compare a diabetic to just having a relationship or a friendship, same kind of thing in this context. But because when you do have someone, because I've gone through both where like for so long I didn't have anyone and then I had you know someone in my life who kind of shared the same struggles and then I kind of felt alone again because we had a falling out and then when I found the online world too that was just such a huge thing because it makes you feel less alone when you're able to connect and whether that's in person online whatever it is even if it's like a pen pal, you know, like if I was really young and I had someone who I could just write to that I knew shared the same struggles, the same experiences, it makes you feel less alone. So a short, a long answer to a like a, a simple question is, yes, I totally think that diabetes are so important because there's just something so special about knowing that you're not alone when you're facing certain struggles, that you're not the only one out there who's having these challenges. And I think sometimes that you don't really know that until you meet other people who are sharing the same struggles, right? Like there is someone out there. And that I think that goes with everything. Like it doesn't matter what sort of stuff you're faced with when you have 
that connection with someone who is sharing that same struggle or that same thing. It's just such a such a cool feeling and I think it's really beneficial in in for everyone to ex- be able to experience that. And so diet buddies are so super duper important. There was this one question that came in and it's really interesting. It's a personal question. It came through email and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to share some light on it, shed some light on it because it's actually come through in a few different ways. And so the question is, what year were you diagnosed and what were your thoughts, feelings, and emotions around it? And you guys might be able to relate. So piggybacking off of the whole diet buddy thing, I I mean, I kind of feel like it's nice to feel like we're all part of one big family, but I was diagnosed in 1999. So when I was nine years old and during that time, I, it's so weird. I almost feel like when I go through really challenging times, I almost put like a block against them where it's like, I purposely just don't remember things, but subconsciously, I don't know. It's weird. Cause it's like, when I try to think back, I'm like, I'd like to remember that, but like somehow I don't. And so I think some painful experiences, maybe you do this too subconsciously, you kind of just put this block. Um, but what I will say, I know that it was really challenging. The most challenging part was just being in the hospital and then just your, your life is completely turned upside down because what you once knew completely changes into something totally different. It's like you have to get used to a whole new lifestyle. So that was difficult. And my feelings and emotions, I think I carried a lot of sadness around it because it was like I was letting go of this one part of my life and then stepping into a new one and one that it kind of matures you really fast because you have so much to think about, so much responsibility. It's like putting a five-year-old in charge of like a thousand-person company where there's just so much to learn, so much to be responsible over, and the learning curve is huge. And on top of that, just I think there was a lot of confusion too because I was, it's like all of a sudden, it's not like you're slowly building up into a new lifestyle. It's like overnight, you're like completely different, right? It's a 180. So there was a lot of confusion and I think a lot of sadness and it took me a while to accept the whole situation. It took me years actually until my mid-20s. I thought that I had accepted it so many times prior, but that just until I was shown that there was a community of people who shared the same struggles and the same challenges, I I realized at that point that I hadn't fully accepted it because I was holding off on getting a CGM or an insulin pump because I was worried about how people would perceive me or think about me. I didn't want to be different. And so even though I (laughs) said and I thought, you know, I'm, I totally accept it. This is just how it is because I couldn't remember any different. I realized I hadn't. And so again, that another reason why diabetes are so important because it just shows you what is possible. It shows you that you're not alone, that you're not this different person (laughs) that you think you are because you're not standing up there alone. So I think that's just kind of 
yeah, I just wanted to share that as well because that has come up and maybe you have like your own thoughts and feelings and emotions around it too. And I also think because there's some people that feel so confident from day one and they're confident in showing their diabetes and showing educating people, right? Like it becomes a force of education for just sharing certain things with other people. And I think that's great. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way because if you're someone who, like me, has struggled to really accept it, I think that it's all part of just the learning curve, the learning experience, and stepping into the best version of yourself. On this topic too, there's a book. I don't know what it's about. I haven't read it. Connor McGregor, his coach just released it. I do believe, I haven't even Googled this, so maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, but it the title of the book is called Win or Learn. And I think this could apply to so many different areas of one's life and even managing type one or diabetes, right? Like you're either winning or you're learning and it's the same. You're never failing you're just learning all the time. So it kind of gives you that opportunity. I hope this episode was helpful to you. And if you guys have a question you want me to answer, a question for the podcast, or just want to connect in general, head over to Instagram. You can send me a DM on there and I'll be happy to answer and connect with you. would love to hear from you. And if this episode is helpful today, please share it with a friend and don't forget to subscribe because that way you won't miss out on future episodes and bonus content. All right. Bye for now.